This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Ryan Farwell, Bill Cariola, Heather Van Waldick, and Michael W. McClure. And by listeners like you who support us through Patreon. Learn how you can support this series and get exclusive content by visiting patreon.com relativity. Get even more information about relativity at relativitypodcast.com. You help me be strong, right? And I'll help you? Of course. Because the moment is still coming when we put her in the machine and start it running and then there will be no way to turn back. We'll just have to live with what we've done and... I will be as strong in that moment as I can. You people do great work, all of you. Everybody at the mission control centers around the world. But the nations that have invested in the Global Space Agency, you have to understand the strain this venture has been on them. The money, the material, the manpower. What exactly are you saying? Well, look, let's just keep this between you and me, all right? But there's every possibility that we'll have to phase out all mission control operations. Relativity. Episode 28, in which secrecy plays an important part. Sir, that's... you, you can't do that. The hell we can't. The people of 11 nations are telling us they're sick of spending giant amounts of money on these ships we built and sent out into nothing. But the missions are still happening. There are people still out there. Are there? Last I heard, we sent out four ships and we've lost contact with three of them. That just leaves yours. And there's only one person left alive on that one? He is. He's still alive and he's been instrumental in making repairs to the vessel. And the other ships. We may regain contact, sir. We may find out everyone on the ships are safe and sound and and ready to complete their missions. I'm just trying to help you understand that a day may be coming that we may have to cut the cord. The member nations of the GSA feel they have waited long enough for contact to be restored. Sounds like you've got an urgent message coming through. Yes, sir. It's from the flight director, so I have to respond. You go do that. I probably shouldn't have said everything I've said, so you ought to just keep it to yourself. But yeah, that password is Lakshmi, and I hope it helps you find what you're looking for. Yes, sir. Thank you for your time. Don't believe this. Mission Control. Marcus, I need you to have the security gate open in six minutes and have somebody standing by with a wheelchair. You're coming in now? I have my mother with me, and we... we have Sybil. And we're ready for the procedure. I haven't spoken to Heather or anybody down there. I've been talking with Heather. She's been over all of the system checks and the diagnostics for the cryo chamber, and she says that it's all ready to go. Okay. Well, that's good. So you persuaded your mother this is the best thing? That part was actually easier than I expected. Are there any situations there I need to know about? What about Dr. Mason? I think he's finally sleeping. I mean, really sleeping. So we can focus our attention on your sister and not worry about anything else. Thank you, Marcus. I know this is not part of your job, and it's making things more complicated for you, so I just... Thank you. Don't don't ever hesitate to ask me to do something for you. Well, uh, looks like five minutes now. See you soon. Oh, shit. 
Oh, there's, there's no air. Like, there's, there's enough. Oh my God! How, 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 how could she do it? I, I, I can't imagine. Nadezhda. I always hear you, Doctor. No need to shout. Don't scold me, you mechanical. Look, Nadezhda, I, I need some answers. You're supposed to be the smartest AI in the history of computing, so just tell me what I need to know. After you sleep for several more hours, I will be glad to discuss any topic you specify. Uh, you don't have nightmares, do you? You know I don't. So you don't know what you don't know what it's like. I'm awake now, and I'm going to be awake for a while yet because that that was the worst nightmare of my. Your cardiovascular activity is escalated. Well, I, ju- I just went through the airlock, Nadia. In my dream, just the way Deepa must have done. I I, I opened the inner hatch. I stepped inside barefoot. Cold, cold metal floor, and I pulled the inner hatch shut behind me, and then I opened the outer hatch and went blasting out into space. And I, I, I was dressed, I, I guess, like I am right now, next to nothing, with not, not a single useful bit of protection between me and the, the void. It was, of course, only a dream. Well, for me, yeah, but it did happen to her. She did that, and she did it on purpose. She knew, she had to know, that she'd be shot out into... And, and I want to know, I, I have to know, why? Why did Captain Sedana commit suicide? Yes! I can only speculate, Doctor. And for that, I require a great deal more data. You and me both, sister. Earlier you mentioned a suicide note. I am unaware of its contents. Yeah, yeah, it's right over here. I've been carrying it around in my... Jumpsuit pocket. Don't ask me why. Okay, here. Here's what she wrote. It almost rhymes. It's almost poetry. If I was an insect, there would be a reason. If I was a spore of pollen, there would be a reason. If I was a bacterium, there would be a reason. But I am not on the scale of reason. And you are sure she wrote this? Well, I recognize her handwriting. And, and it was in her sleep station, left very much in plain sight, right right on her bed when I went looking for her. Because her life sign data had terminated. Yeah, I was sitting right here, and I saw that. I saw it on the cruise station monitor, and I ran like hell to her quarters to where I thought she was, but she wasn't there, uh, because she'd already gone through the airlock. If we subscribe to the psychological theories of Sigmund Freud, we would say she suffered a collapse of the superego. A crushing blow to her sense of proportion in the universe. Yeah, that's that's how I've been reading it. She was a confident, capable person, a leader, an innovator. And then, then all of a sudden she's less than an insect. She's smaller than a bacterium. The phenomenon is not entirely unfamiliar. W- what do you mean? Deep space missions are relatively new in human experience, so the psychological effects are largely unknown. But even on missions much shorter than yours, there have been other people who have expressed sentiments similar to those in the note left by Captain Sedana. Other people saying they're too tiny to matter? Especially on the very few previous missions which have employed the relativity compensator. Say that again? This vessel is one of only six which have ever contained and utilized a working relativity compensator. The first two voyages were quite short and those vessels returned to Earth afterwards. And we're on one of the other four, which are all, I assume, more or less identical. 
They were constructed simultaneously and from the same plans. And you're saying that people on ships that have gotten up close to the speed of light and were using the compensator, they they said things like what Deepa was saying in the note? Nothing else so extreme. But they did have the experience you reported of seeing the entire history of the universe in an endlessly repeating moment of time. What? I thought I was... I thought I was losing my mind. Why didn't you tell me other people have had the same experience? I was offline during your space walk, Doctor, and you had never asked about the experiences of others who have conducted extravehicular activities from ships using the relativity compensator. Okay, uh, okay, but, but... So let me get this straight. Other people on ships like this have looked outside and seen what I saw, and then some of them developed... What, what would you call it? Deep depression and suicidal ideation. And that's what happened to Deepa, to Captain Sedona. But see, I, I can't... I, that's just not my reaction to the vastness of the universe at all. Why, why would it drive her in one direction and me in an entirely different one? Your question assumes a uniformity of thought and behavior which I have not observed in humans. Yeah, I think you got me there. That is extremely gratifying. Your tone of voice indicates our conversation has helped you attain a comfortable emotional state. You should now be able to return to sleep. <laughs> you're, you're very smart, Nadia, but you still have a lot to learn. Now, I think I'll take a long walk. Where are you going? Keep tracking me and you'll find out. Is everything ready? Yes, yes. everything ready. Let me help you, Mrs. Schumacher. No, I will push the wheelchair. At least I can do that. So, this is a machine, the place where she will be? One of very few Global Space Agency cryo chambers. Like something from a fairy tale. Giant oyster shell. And we will place my little pearl inside. That's right, Mama. Uh-huh. Heather, Marcus, when we put her in the chamber, the system will begin a bioscan, is that right? Right. Apparently it's a pretty comprehensive medical evaluation in less than two minutes. And the system will either accept her or reject her. And if it is up, sir, the cryogenic process will begin. All right, then. Uh, let me say something to everyone here. I appreciate very much my mother and I both we're grateful to you for all your help with this. And one day in the future that I hope is not too distant, my little sister will be grateful too. But I want to make sure everyone here understands this is an unauthorized use of this equipment. When I put my sister in there, we will be breaking 50 different GSA regulations and probably more laws than that. But so far, we haven't really done anything wrong. And I think Mama and I can do the rest ourselves. So anyone who wants to walk out of here pretending you know nothing about this, now is the time. I will still be forever grateful for everything that you've done. We're all with you. Right. I'm staying. We're all with you. Thank you all. Mama, are you ready? There's no way to be ready for such a thing, but let's do what we came here to do. Okay. Heather, open it up. Gently. Careful, please. 
need to scan. How do I start the scan? Should be automatic. There it goes. Okay. Oh, and there's a little display here. So, is it a shibi? Maybe a hundred years. Until the cure is found. Why do you lose power here? The power goes off so very often. Oh, the cryo chamber is QO power. Quantum oscillation. So it can run for, well, basically forever. And even if somebody in the future needed to supplement power here, mission control runs on its own generator. Well, for well, as long as we're here, which should be many decades. Are you all right? Yeah. Why? I said we'd be here for decades and you looked like somebody pinched you. Oh, look. It says scan complete. Green lights. Looks like she passed her exam. And now the display reads, system committed. Open it up. I want to touch her face again. We can't do that while it's starting the process. But look, a lock of her hair is down in her face. You know she doesn't like that. She can't feel it, Mama. Oh, Sophia. We've made a terrible mistake. It's a sin, Sophia. A sin. We didn't ask her. We didn't tell her. Because it was better for her that way. No. No, no, no. No, no. If he just wanted to kill us all, he could have just planted a bomb anywhere that would open the ship to space. He, but he went all the way forward, planted that device near the relativity compensator, and then came all the way back inside. Why did he, why did he do that? Are these questions directed to me, Doctor? They are not. I came in here to be alone with my thoughts. But you were alone everywhere on the ship. <laughs> Nadia, we really must work on your tact. I apologize if I gave offense. And if you prefer the solitude of the habitat, I will leave you in peace. Well, thank you for calling it the habitat. I never could understand how this place got labeled the cargo bay. I respect your wishes, even though the difference is difficult for me to understand. Well... Oh, okay, okay, here is a beautiful example right here. Look at you, you beautiful thing. I don't understand. A deer. Can you scan that? Sniffing along the grass. It's a doe. She hasn't noticed me at all. She's maybe ten meters away. I could almost walk over there and touch her. I would advise against it. She won't bite. My data on this species indicates otherwise. Just be quiet and let me enjoy this, will you? Certainly. See... See, Nadia, for humans, it's often moments like this that define our... Whoa! She, ju she just looked up and bounded away from standing still to a full... Oh, Nadia. It's the voices again. Listen. If it's like the other times, then the next thing it will happen... Christopher. Yes! Deepa, I can hear you! Can you hear me? Christopher. Nadia, do you hear this? I'm afraid I don't, Doctor. Deepa, don't go this time. Just stay. Remain connected with me. You must, you must remain connected. I want to, but you'll have to tell me what I'm supposed to stay connected to. And she's gone again. It's never for more than those few seconds. Always the same. Dr. Mason... The audio monitors in the hull detected no human voice apart from yours. And the data from the microphone in your communication implant say the same. But the deer, Nadia. That doe shied and bolted when she heard the voices. Do you understand me? I heard the voices, and she heard them too. 
relativity. Episode 28, in which secrecy plays an important part, starred Alana Jordan and Lee Shackelford, who also wrote the script. Also heard in this episode were Stephanie Lindsay, Clarence Brown, Scott Woodard, and Kyle Jones. Find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, like us on social media, and get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity.